Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. Hey everybody, this is Kyle V, host of the Ozark Podcast. If you like the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast, we have a show for you. We sit down with local outdoorsmen of Arkansas, Missouri, and Oklahoma to talk all things hunting, fishing, conservation, history, and culture in the Ozark Mountains region. Just like the outdoorsmen who live here, we follow the seasons and interview regional experts to discuss the pursuits of hunting turkeys, bears, and whitetail, as well as the science behind their conservation. Join me and my co-host Kyle Plunkett every Wednesday and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Southern Outdoorsman Podcast. It is turkey season, my friends. Jacob, how are you doing? Doing good, but not as good as uh, you and our other interviewee for the day. Yep, are y'all sad up there in North Carolina where you don't have a turkey season yet? (laughs) It's it's killing me, man. It was hot today, hot being 65 degrees. I mean, we had snow last Monday, then it warmed up, and now it's been about 60 degrees the last couple days, and... Just got back from a, a scouting trip slash coyote trip with a, a buddy of ours, and I uh, saw a bunch of turkey signs. Actually, walked up on a uh, a lone gobbler, uh, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's killing me. I can't go turkey hunting right now, dude. It's absolutely killing me. Yeah, I bet. Well, I was doing a bunch of scouting earlier this week. Found some great deer sign, and then Thursday rolls around and turkey season cranked up. So I've been turkey hunting, man. And it's been fun. I've missed the turkey woods. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking about that, um, you know, it's been absolutely crazy. You know, a lot of guys, if anyone's been on social media lately, especially if you're in the state of Alabama, Mississippi, and Florida, uh, guys are putting down some birds right now. It's, you know, it's great to see, but, man, it, it it's killing me. I've almost had a thought about unfollowing some of those pages this for a little <laughs> while, so I don't have to see it. Man, it's driving me crazy. And I know how, you know, the rest of the country's feeling. You know, guys in Georgia and Tennessee for sure. Also, you know, their season coming in, you know, next week or two. Uh, you know, they're definitely feeling the same thing. You know, they're seeing these guys already kill these birds. It's probably driving them up a wall. But uh, another thing I'd like to talk about real quick is uh, our giveaway. Andrew, how about you talk about that for a second? Yep. So our uh, last giveaway with Onyx, uh, they gave us an elite membership to – giveaway on facebook and instagram so that membership gets you all 50 states 
and we have a winner for that, and it is Mr. Chad Granger. So, Chad, uh, just reach out to us, and we will mail you your membership. So, big thanks to Onyx for letting us do that, man. They're a great company, and we're glad that we could pass on some of their products to y'all with this giveaway. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's something that we were, you know, really excited with was that opportunity. And also, you know, just our... um, us reaching out to Onyx and them reaching out to us and wanting to do that was a you know early grid thing for us and also everyone's uh, per, uh, participation in that. I mean, we had a lot of people participating, especially in that elite membership, and got to meet a lot of new people uh, because of that. So that was an awesome opportunity, guys. Yeah, but with that- definitely. Uh, I gotta say something real quick is uh, big thanks to all you listeners out there, man. We've grown so fast and it's it's really kind of blown us away and. You know, uh, the last couple of episodes we put out some calls for y'all to contact us with ideas and criticisms, and and big thanks to all you guys who reached out to us just to ask us about something or tell us something that you liked or didn't like. Uh, There's too many people for me to name, but y'all know who you are, and thank y'all so much. We love hearing from you guys, and let's uh, let's keep this thing growing, man. We're having a blast doing it, and we hope that y'all are entertained with what we're doing and y'all are learning because uh i know that we're learning so jacob what you think yeah i mean you got that uh correct i mean we have surpassed where i thought we would be much faster than i thought we would be uh we are i would say four times uh have a four times larger uh reach in audience than i thought we would at this time it's blown me away i mean that that means we must be doing something right you know y'all must be liking us and our personalities. I know we're both uh, interesting individuals, and uh, I guess that's something that y'all mm-hmm. kind of like, along with some of the people that we interview and talk to, and you know, some of the topics we talk about. Um, you know, so that's something that you know we really appreciate is just the, uh, just I guess everyone reaching out to us. I mean, I've had a couple guys reach out to me this week uh, talking about the podcast, and I actually had a couple individuals uh with me being traveling for the next couple months actually uh gave me the opportunity to go hunt with him in virginia i don't know if that's going to be able to happen or anything but if it did i mean that's pretty cool and it's just growing to the fact that you know we're actually meeting people now from outside the state that uh, are listening to us which is really really cool and hopefully with my travels the next couple months i'm gonna be able to meet some uh some of our listeners from you know other parts of the uh eastern united states so it's been going great so far guys and we do appreciate y'all and everything y'all do with uh, giving us feedback and this also just participating uh especially on social media with some of our posts i absolutely love it and love seeing and hearing uh how y'all's hunts have been going and especially with turkey season you know about to ramp up in full force in the next coming weeks uh hopefully we'll have more and more contacts that we'll be able to talk to about that and bring more and more content to the table yeah man for sure uh but yeah, thanks again to everybody out there. This has been great, and like we said in the first episode, we started this just because we like to talk about hunting, and you know, I still love to talk about hunting. So if any of you guys out there want to talk turkeys or talk deer or anything, feel free to message me because uh, I'm always willing to share information about it. I'm an open book when it comes to talking about strategies and everything. I don't, I'm not gonna hide anything from people. You know, I just I like the camaraderie of all of it. Yeah, I will say, guys, that Andrew is very open to talk to anybody. This guy will make time in his day to talk to you. If you shoot him a message, uh, he'll make some time to talk to you, whether it's on the phone or through Facebook or whatever. So definitely reach out to him. Me too, depending on my schedule and everything, I'll try to get back to everybody as quickly as I can. I'm just a little slow right now because of work. But uh, anyways, guys, but yeah, definitely feel <laughs> free to reach out to us. Yep, and with that being said, without further ado, let's get into our episode today. And we have kind of a unique one because Jacob's been up there doing boring stuff, having to drive around for work, and me and our guest have been down here turkey hunting, having fun. Jacob is going to have the job of being the moderator, and the first part of this episode will be me talking about my opening weekend and what I saw, maybe some things I learned, and then the second part will be Mr. Jared Smith, who is a much much better turkey hunter than I am because he has killed three birds in the first three days of the season in Alabama. (laughs) So congrats to Jared, man. I hope you leave some for the rest of us. But with that, without further ado, Jacob, why don't you uh, start hitting me with some questions? 
All right, no problem. I'll take it away. Well, again, guys, uh, I'll be up here in North Carolina for a couple uh, more days. So, you know, everyone in the southeast, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, and now all of Florida is now open for turkey season. So, like Andrew said, I'm kind of missing out like some of the rest of us in the southeast. And, uh, you know, you're going to kind of do – Oh yeah, well, yeah, doing some work and everything, <laughs> trying to at least. And uh, but anyways, we're gonna try to go about this where I'm gonna be moderating and trying to figure out, you know, how these guys are breaking or break down these guys uh, first couple of days of season and really figure out, you know, what was working for them and what didn't work, and also, you know, some of the tactics they're gonna try to adjust throughout the season. So again, Andrew, uh, just tell us, give us a quick run through of what you did up until season uh, when it came to scouting. So for scouting, basically all I did was go to the these traditional spots that I've hunted over the last five years, and I just snuck in there just to make sure that the turkey sign was still present. You know, uh, I think we've talked a little bit before about these birds in this area that we hunt. They they kind of winter down by the river, and eventually they move on up to the the pines and the higher ground, uh, about maybe a mile from the river. Once springtime comes, when the ground temperature gets up and they can go up there and start bugging around, eating clover, eating grasshoppers. Uh, so I just went in there to see if the tracks were there, the strut marks were there. And there were some, but not nearly what I thought I wanted to see. Uh, so I just kind of took a gamble and went to another spot that I figured would be good. And this particular area has a large open field and uh, a lot of it's clover. And I, I was just banking on the fact that that clover would probably be growing pretty good by now, and they'd probably be in it. And I was right. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, okay, well, let's kind of break down a little bit more about this year opening day. Uh, and that was, again, that was on Thursday, uh, this past Thursday, correct? Yeah, Thursday was opening day. All right, so kind of what was your go- your game plan the night before and kind of the, the, the morning of, of what you were going to do? Did you already have your spot and area picked out, or was it kind of a last-minute topic? It was very much last minute, but I had a plan put together. This area is a roadless area. Jacob, man, you hunted it last year. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. It's roadless area, and I was going to walk in, not, I mean, not terribly far, but far enough to kind of get away from people. And I was also going to kind of position myself in a spot where I figured they'd be strutting. So I basically just look at a topography map and try and find a nice, like, flat ridge top that is hopefully pretty open with hardwoods where they might get up there and strut and it's also located right next to this area with a lot of clover this kind of like native grass area it's got a lot of clover and other native grasses in it so i was gonna just go and set up there and basically sit and call until nine o'clock or so in the morning i was gonna do that strategy that Billy Yargis told us last year at the uh, at the NWTF convention, where you stand up and you walk in a big circle around the ridge top, scratching and clucking and purring and maybe a little bit of yelping and then sit down and wait. So that's what I was planning on doing, but that's not what I ended up doing. Okay, well, again with that spot, uh, I mean I know what you're talking about. Again, we are talking about public land, guys. Um, so with that location, I kind of already have an idea of how everything you know is laid out, but. Give us a little bit better, uh, I guess, example of this location. When you got up there, what was your game plan walking into that spot, and kind of how were you going about, uh, you know, trying to locate a bird? So, the getting into the spot is probably the most important aspect of where I hunted, because on this particular uh, WMA I'm hunting, and a lot of others around the state and around the southeast have gravel road systems, and the most important thing for me is to not pop gravel under my feet when I'm walking in. Like I will, I will walk over in the Ceresia skeletons. I'll break sticks. I'll break leaves before I break gravel because that gravel is the worst thing you can do. So uh, rather than take the road, I just walked alongside the road, kind of just in the grass and everything on the side to be stealthy getting in. And this particular ridge top, like I said, I looked at a topo map. It's a nice big ridge top that's kind of flat it's got kind of a command not a commanding view but you know you're up there on top of everything so if one wanted to get up there and start gobbling he could be heard for a long ways so i was kind of anticipating one already being up there 
but I could also hear for a long way, so if one was burning it up, you know, on the next ridge over, I could just run over there to him. So I got in way before daylight to this spot, and my plan was to just sit there and let them do their own thing, not try and get them to shot gobble, and it worked out pretty good. Okay, well, cool. Now, with that location, I know you told me beforehand, um, you know, kind of what you were doing. Didn't you give a couple owl hoots out beforehand, uh, like right at, you know, very first gray light, or did you kind of like wait off on that? Yeah, so I did do a couple hoots um, because I wasn't hearing anything. It was pretty cold. Where I was, it was 28 degrees uh, come sunrise, and it... Sunrise was at like 6.53 according to the Weather Channel. And when it got to be like, you know, 6.35-ish, that's when gray light starts happening. You can kind of start seeing. And about at 6.40, I still hadn't heard anything. And the songbirds were starting up. I was like, man, one should start gobbling soon. And so I did a couple owl hoots, and there was absolutely nothing. And I was hooting. I tried everything soft, loud. I tried... Uh, doing a laugh, a cackle, no, nothing worked. So I was I was kind of bummed out, but then I was just going to stick with my original plan to sit on top of that ridge and just move around, scratch the leaves, and just sound like a turkey, you know? Okay. Now, after that, you know, you're talking, you know, 645-ish, 640-ish. I mean, what was your tactic after that, and what changed uh, after that uh, with being, you know, the bird you were able to get on? So... This is where the story gets bad. <laughs> this is where it gets depressing. So I'm sitting there facing down this ridge, and I'm kind of on the side where I can see down into the creek bottom beneath me. So I'm basically sitting in between this creek and the natural area with all the clover in it. Uh, so I'm thinking that any turkeys roosted down by the creek are going to come right past me to either strut or go into the open area to eat clover and strut out there. Come about 6.45, a turkey gobbles 50 yards to my left on the roost. I mean, it was it was so close to me that it, it scared me when it gobbled. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it's turkey season, baby. <laughs> so that was to my left, and I, so I slowly turn over there, and, like, he's close enough that I was looking for him in the tree. Uh, he And he just gobbled at his own. He didn't shot gobble at anything. And I had just hooted right at him, and he he didn't gobble. So he was gobbling for a purpose. He was trying to call in a hen. Uh, so I just, uh, at that point, I just, uh, I clucked and I purred. No, I didn't purr. I just clucked and yelped really, really soft, like hand over the mouth, super muffled, like as quiet as I could do it. And he hammered it. As soon as as soon as I got done doing it, he hammered it. So I was like, "It's on! <laughs> I got his attention now." <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I'm sure if I was there, and you and me were doing a double set, I probably would have jumped out of my seat. I mean, that would probably would have scared the heck out of me. <laughs> Turkey, I did not know just gobbled that close to me, but uh, I applaud you for probably not doing that, or at least not telling us that he did that. But uh, you know, that's awesome. Now, also with that spot, so. You know, you're set up on the side of that ridge, kind of, you know, I guess you had, did you have the back to the clover itself? No, the clover was to my right, and then to my left was this, like, hillside that, slo- like, gently slopes down to the creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was straight to my left, about 50 yards. I could actually make him out. I couldn't really see him that good, but I could make him out up there through the limbs and everything, so I just had to turn really slowly towards him. Uh, before I started yelping because I wanted to be in that direction in case he pitched right down at the base of the tree and started coming to me so I wouldn't have to turn 90 degrees. Well, I'm impressed you were able to get in there quietly enough to the point where that bird wasn't necessarily spooked by any noise you made, so congratulations on that part. Oh, yeah, that's that's why you got to get in early, man. If you get in when it's pitch black dark, you can get away with a lot. And also, mm-hmm. I wasn't using a light, and I was kind of walking in just in the dark. Or if I... If I do use a light in a situation like that, I'll just, it'll be very dim or like maybe a red light or just the most dim light I can get away with. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, all right. Well, give us a little bit of a rundown after he gobbles a couple times and you get him to gobble back after doing some like real soft tree yelps. So, yeah, I did some very soft yelps. 
he fires back at it, and I, I wait like 10 seconds, and I do it again, and he gobbles at it again, and then I just shut up. And, I mean, it wasn't 30 seconds later, he pitched down out of the tree and lands 40 yards in front of me, straight in front of where I'm facing. So I'm, I already got the gun pointed at him. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's working in slowly, looking around, and uh, he gets to about 34 yards, and I shoot, and he rolls over, and he flops like twice, and then gets up and takes off, and uh, flies up into a tree right there. And so I was confused, because I, I was right on him, but I must have just not had my head down on the gun or, or something. But I knocked some feathers off of him, but it just didn't kill him. I must have only caught him with one or two pellets somehow, so... Screwed it up. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean that's and that's kind of disheartening. I, I'm sure you know early morning like that. You know, probably you saw you probably could see pretty good, but yeah, I'm sure you didn't have your head down all the way, and you probably just shot either low or you know left or right. But uh, yeah, man, that, that that's tough. I mean, God, you couldn't have it more perfect than that. I mean, he was he wanted to die. I mean, he was like that kill me now. Did you die? <laughs> yeah, I mean, God. But all right, well. After that, and after getting a text message from you and a phone call, and sounding very disheartening, um, <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, kind of give us a little run through of what you did after that and how you kind of overcame that uh, very depressing moment of your opening day. Yeah, man, gloom, despair, and agony on me. <laughs> I was, I was, man, I was upset, and I was so sure that I had that turkey that I like ran down there. And I was like, I was still, I was like, was there two turkeys? I'm like looking for a body still. <laughs> but no, there was, I found where he was standing. And my initial thought was like, crap, he was way farther than I thought he was. Uh, and he, I just found some feathers where he was standing and I pasted it off and it was 34 yards, just like I thought it was. So I just pulled the shot somehow. I don't know where I hit. I couldn't find any shot in any of the trees around him. So I don't know where that pattern went, but it didn't get him. Uh, mm. I kind of sat around for a minute because he didn't fly away far. And I could see him in the tree, but I couldn't get close to him. And uh, so I was just going to kind of wait and see if he fell out because one of those feathers had fat on it. So I'm like, well, it had. I had to put a pellet through him because there's fat on one of these feathers. So uh, I was wondering if he'd maybe fall out of the tree dead, which was a long shot. But long story short, he got away. He didn't. He didn't die. That turkey will now live to grow old, probably, because he's not going to make that mistake again. <laughs> but uh, after that, I was expecting a phone call that day, so I didn't want to go farther in there where I didn't have any service. So I decided to relocate to a spot that's traditionally been pretty good over the years. Uh, so I went to this kind of big creek system on this management area in the middle of these pines we got a big creek system there's lots of hardwoods on it it's a good stand of hardwoods so i figured there'd be turkeys in it uh i get in there call around for a little bit and by this point it's like 9 30 it took me a while to get over there uh so i'm hoping to strike one up midday that's just kind of lonely at this point so I, i'm like pick myself back up and i'm like okay well midday in my opinion is probably better than early morning so I'm thinking that I'm going to be able to strike one up between 10 and 2 at some point. Okay, well, so you get over there, get to this new spot on this creek system, and you're, what, what is your mindset at that point? I mean, you just pulled a shot on a bird. <laughs> you're over there. I mean, what's running through your mind at that time? Because, I mean, it, it can't be good. <laughs> So, so I was like, you idiot, you better not miss again. It's like, man, if I, if I miss again, I'm, I'm taking it to my grave. I'm not telling anybody. <laughs> I mean, that was me last year. I'm not going to lie. If uh, if you weren't with me last year when I shot that bird and missed it or whatever, I probably would have told you about it. <laughs> Take it to the grave. Yep. Uh, oh, man. man. I, was, I was just going to go out there and – you know, the constant dilemma in my mind is whether to be, like, super aggressive or be kind of calm about stuff and not, not go too crazy on the birds. So I started out really quiet, just clucking and purring and just being calm and not doing anything crazy and scratching in the leaves. 
but as the day went on, I was like, you know, it's it's opening day. These birds haven't had too much pressure on them yet, so I might as well try something a little more aggressive. Okay, so you get down to the creek, you get your mindset, hopefully somewhat better at that point in time, and... What, what was your, I mean, your game plan was just trying to strike up a bird, so you started quiet, kind of got a little more aggressive throughout the day. Well, what was the changing point in your afternoon? When did it uh, start to get a little bit better? So at 11 o'clock, uh, not, nothing had been happening down in the hardwood bottom. So I said, well, maybe I'll move up to the higher country. Higher country is, you know, it's not any higher. It's just, like, farther away, basically. But uh, some planted pines with some road systems around it. So I thought I'd go up there and just kind of sneak around the edge of those pines on one of those roads and kind of get in a spot where I could watch the road and I could watch down into this planted pine forest. And I would just call around a little bit. So I'm working my way down that edge, just calling, trying to get something started. And uh, finally I find a good spot where I can see nice and far down in this valley. I can see to the other side but I'm still really concealed, and I can also shoot to the road if I have to. Uh, and at this point, I'm like, you know what, let's, let's get aggressive. So traditionally, out here on the public, I've tried, I've tried crows, I've tried owls, I've tried geese, I've tried everything, and they just don't really shot gobble that much out there, for me at least. Midday, I rarely get one to shot gobble, especially at crows. They just never do it. So... I'm just going to try and do what Cuz told us to do and do like a cut and run, uh, which has worked for me over the years out there. So I did that. I just, like a loud cut and run sequence, like pop, 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 yelp, 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 you know. Did that. One fires off right across from the valley, and I'm like, yes, (laughs) okay, back in business. And that was at 11 o'clock. So he fires off at me, and I get situated, get make sure I'm like nice and hidden and then I just continue to cluck and purr and do soft stuff because when when he answered I didn't want to just shut up because turkeys are always making some kind of sound so when he answered I made sure to keep making some sort of turkey sound just to be realistic whether it's scratching or just whines clucks purrs I think that goes a long way in convincing them that you're a turkey Mm -hmm. oh yeah I mean that's something that I think that will really help a lot of people seal the deal is, you know, you don't have to be yelping constantly at a bird. In my opinion, I don't think you have to be yelping at a bird constantly to be able to get the bird to come in. I mean, you could do a lot softer calls. Once you get his attention, like you said, like, I mean, scratching the leaves, I, I mean, who knows how many turkeys have, you know, died because of just some guy was just scratching the leaves while he was uh, calling birds in. I mean, that sounds so realistic because anytime, you know, you know, a flock of hens are in, you know, some timber. They're going to be scratching around the leaves, looking for bugs, looking for acorns. Uh, I mean, so that's something that's really realistic and really can help you out. So, you okay, so you strike that bird up, start scratching leaves, doing some soft calling and stuff like that. And what happened from there? So this is where I had to start pulling out a bunch of tricks because this turkey was stubborn. And there was a little creek bottom beneath this it was like a gentle slope on each side and the creek wasn't it's not a real creek it's just you know like a little drainage basically uh not steep at all easy to cross but i was on the top of one ridge and he was on the top of the other so i knew that it was going to be hard to get him to come over uh so probably 10 minutes after the first gobble i'd been clucking and purring and everything and he hadn't showed up so i was like okay this this turkey's going to be stubborn so at that point uh I yelp again at him, do some like louder yelps, and he gobbles again. But this time, he's probably only 30 yards closer. Uh, and at this point, he's probably about 120 yards away. So uh, I decided to kind of up the ante, and I I started throwing some gobbler yelps at him, which uh, <laughs> if y'all or don't Jake, know a, Yeah, uh, like a Jake yelp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I started throwing some of those at him, and, it, man, when he heard that, he fired off at it immediately, and then he started yelping back at me, just like a nasty old hollow, raspy yelp. And I was like, am I hearing this? Like, is that actually the gobbler? Because it didn't. A gobbler yelp sounds a lot different than a hen yelp. And But I, I was still like, is that a hen? So... I keep yelping at him, and I'm doing him just like you do a hen that's aggravated. You know, he'll yelp at me, and then I'll yelp at him just a little more aggressive, and then he'll come back with something just a little more aggressive, and eventually he'll 
he'll do like three yelps and then cut twice and then do four yelps and I'm just imitating everything he does and he's now he's really working towards me he's he's coming now and uh finally I see him on the other hillside I'm like oh my gosh it is a turkey <laughs> I mean it is a it is a gobbler because uh, at that point I was still like man this is a stupid hen but I was trying to get my binos up to look at him and he turned to the side and his beard just flopped out and I was like oh it's a boy <laughs> here we go so he's yelping I'm yelping we're arguing back and forth and here is where the mistakes are made because you know these planted pine forests they're super open it's kind of, it's hard to stay concealed in it and and he can see for a long way so it's hard to get them to commit to you if you don't have a decoy or something and if it a fan would have been perfect in this situation but fanning on public land is not a good idea so i did not have a fan but if I could have showed him a fan, I'm, I'll bet you he would have come to me. But he stops midway down this hillside. He's at about 100 yards now. Uh, and he just stops and looks for like five minutes, just looking around, trying to spot me because he can see the area I'm calling from. So he should be able to see a turkey, but he doesn't, so it's got him kind of freaked out. Finally, he keeps working down a little more, and he gets all the way down to the creek and then hangs up again. And he's looking and looking, and he's at about 80 yards now. And so I'm trying to figure out what to do because he's just kind of hanging out down there, not doing much. And he's he's still responding to my yelps, but not as as often as he was before. Because he was now he's like, all right, I came 50 yards. Now you come 50 yards, and we'll meet in the middle. Um, and about that time, uh, another turkey gobbled right where he came from, and he turned around and made a beeline up for that area, and I've heard some hen yelps up there too. So what I'm assuming happened is he actually was probably strutting up there with a couple hens, and he left those hens to come find me, and then another turkey came in and got on his hens and gobbled, and he went up there to go get his hens back. That That's what I think happened, but that's how my hunt that day ended. Now, did you at all uh, try to relocate on those birds or try to circle them at all? Yeah, uh, that's where the this is where the sad part is. Cause, so I'm facing that hillside, and I can go left or I can go right. And I can get, if I go left, I can zip around this this little uh, open area and get on this road that he was strutting on, and just kind of sneak up the road to him where he can't see me and I could probably get if he stayed where he was at I could probably get within 60 yards without him knowing that I was there and I, I was planning on getting up there and calling to him and going left would be the shorter way and the easier way where I could stay more concealed easier so I went that way well little did I know that the turkeys went right so I was just kind of chasing them and by the time I got up there they were gone and I continued down that road, and I eventually saw him way down the road. And uh, they were they were just kind of strutting down there, getting away from me. And long story short, nothing came of it. I never got a shot. I, when I saw him, I basically just got down and hid because I didn't want him to see me because I didn't want to bump him out of his strut zone on opening day. Uh, and after that, I never saw another turkey, and I had to get out of there. Man, that's that's tough. Oh, man, but that sounds like an awesome hunt. I mean, that, that sounds a little bit better than our hunt last year, opening day. Uh, froze yeah. our butts off and called one bird in later that afternoon. But, man, that's uh, that's crazy. Now, have you been able to get out again since uh, opening morning? Yep, I, I got out, uh, I guess it, yeah, I guess it was yesterday. I got out again, uh, hunted the same spot that I called the second bird in. So that road that he was strutting on, I went up there with a friend, got on that road, and sure enough, man, he was not there. Of course, yeah. he was. Yep. Uh, we we heard one gobble all morning, and it came from way back towards the truck. So we'd actually walked right past a roosted bird, and we stayed up there and called for a little bit, and then we tried to go back after that roosted bird, but I only had till like eight thirty to hunt, so I didn't have much happen. And then my friend uh, left him out there to it, and he didn't hear any more gobbles. And he heard a guy shoot a bunch of times, but <laughs> he didn't. He didn't see much for turkey. I don't know what that guy shot at, but he said he shot five times. That's <laughs> that's a lot of turkey loads to be wasting. <laughs> yeah, hope I don't know. Is they uh, the on that property? Is that range uh, still closed, or is it opening up? 
it's opening on Wednesday, so that's going to really booger up my honey hole when that range opens. Mm, you might want to hurry up and uh, try clocking a little more time. Now, on your other property, have you been able to scout any more on your property uh, closer to where you live? I have not. Uh, I'm going Man. to probably get out there. It depends on this rain. Uh, right now, I'm watching it rain out my window, but if it if it stops in the morning, I'm going to get out there and hunt and scout a little bit in the morning for this other parcel that I'm close to. So hopefully I can locate some and get on some out there. It'll be a nice, easy 10-minute drive that I can I can probably hunt it. With, with how my schedule is now, I could probably hunt it t- probably two or three days a week. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, definitely put in a little bit of time there and you know, if you can get success, successful off that property, I'll, uh, that'll be very impressed. Uh, especially after uh, one of our other buddies of ours told us about that property and you know some struggles he's had on it. So yeah, everybody but I mean, and their grandmother hunts it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. So I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough when you hunt a piece of public land that has great access from all directions. Uh, that makes it extremely tough, uh, especially for turkey hunters, because, you know, a lot of turkey hunters like to walk a lot. And uh, if you have access from north, south, east, and west of a property, uh, you're probably going to run into some people. But uh, anyways, man, yeah. but no, that's awesome. I mean, that's a absolutely, you know, it's unfortunate you missed that bird or peppered him or whatever, but uh, I guess tanned him a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's tough that, but it seemed like you, you know, you kind of learned from that and maybe, I don't know. What's, well, what's some of the lessons that you learned from that opening morning hunt? How about we ask that? Uh, well, it's just always a good reminder to really aim at the turkey because they're fun to look at. So it's it's very, and anybody who's turkey hunted for a long time will tell you this, that it's very, very easy to not have your cheek all the way down on, on your gun when you're shooting at one uh, just because you're trying to look at them or you're trying to look for the result before, you know, you shoot. It's like... That that's a great way to shoot over a bird or shoot under a bird, which is I think mm-hmm. I shot under him, but I'm not so sure. But that's what I'm thinking too. One thing that I'll, I'll tell the listeners that has really helped me over these last few years turkey hunting is don't overlook even on super heavy pressured public land parcels. Don't overlook roadbeds because they will they will be all over those roadbeds. They don't care that that cars drive through there because the cars don't really bother them. Because uh, on a lot of these wildlife management areas, there's always people driving through them. Uh, some management areas have, you know, logging going on. Some of them have natural gas mining going on or coal mining. So these turkeys are very used to things driving through there, but they're not used to people walking around on the gravel. So like I said before, popping gravel underneath your feet, worst thing you can possibly do, in my opinion. And uh, don't be afraid to to hunt on a roadbed where it's legal don't hunt on like a county road but if there's some like dirt roadbeds back in the woods where it's legal to hunt don't be afraid to set up on one you might have a guy drive past you and look at you like you're an idiot uh, if it's an open gate but if it's legal man i would not overlook spots like that because they love strutting in areas like a long stretch of road where they can strut and be seen for a long ways off that that's some of my best spots or areas like that and like I said, if it's legal, don't don't get yourself a ticket. But if it's legal, I would definitely consider doing that. Yeah, with that also, uh, and I was talking about that. That kind of happened to us last year. Me and my brother uh, was hunting a piece of public land out there, and I think we walked. By the time we get to that spot, I think we were three miles in. Is the day you and me, I think, split up, and I took my little brother with us. And uh, anyways, we sat up on this roadbed back there, and there was you know some strut signs uh, strut marks and uh tracks on the road we sit up there and all of a sudden i start hearing this atv i'm like what the heck because this is a closed road <laughs> and i'm like what the heck is that man i'm like there's some redneck out here just driving around just cruising and i'm like man I'm, I'm about to like this is about to be bad like i'm about to get upset at somebody and all of a sudden i, I so i'm like sitting there and also i just stand up on the side there's a little road in this uh this this creek bottom and actually i think it's the same creek bottom you walked in on uh opening afternoon this year but yeah anyways the guy just driving down with a side by side, all of a sudden I'm like, "Oh man, it's two pipeline workers." Because uh, on one of these uh, public lands that me and Andrew hunt, uh, there's a lot of natural gas, and uh, there's a lot of uh, gas line uh, pipeline guys that you know work out there and check it on the lines. Well, that's what, what the case was. So they drive up, and I mean, 
he drives within three feet of me. I'm saying on the side of the road. They didn't see the driver didn't see me, and the passenger <laughs> saw me. Slapped the driver, got him to stop, and they pulled back. And they're like, "Holy crap, man! You scared the heck out of us." He's like, "Oh, we didn't know you were hunting back here." And he's like, "The guy was like, how did you get back here? Did you drive?'" I'm like, "No, we walked." He's like, "From where?" And I told him what gate we walked in on. He's like, "Holy <laughs> crap, dude! That's like five miles." I'm like, "To be honest, I think it's three point six, but yeah, it's it's a long ways." He's like, "Oh, I, I might have measured it." <laughs> yeah, and then that's when yeah. Then after that, I was like, I was just questioned them. I'm like, "Okay, guys, have you seen any birds? Have you seen any turkeys or anything?" And they they gave us a couple of good pointers after that. But yeah. man, I was like, I was so hot headed. I was like, "Why the heck is someone driving back here?" But you know, they're doing their job, so it's okay. But, yeah, man, those roads, to get back on point, uh, those roads, uh, those road beds back in there, like some of these trails and everything, these old logging roads, you know, there's a ton of, ton of sign on those. If you can find a, a good open place, especially where a couple different edges come together, like you got hardwood bottom, uh, come up to some uh, slut-cut pines, man, that's a great spot to find some turkeys. Yeah. Uh, my last tip, I've taken too much time here. We need to turn this over to, to Jared, but... Uh, my last tip that I'll leave people with is learn some unique calls like a whine, a kiki, a gobbler yelp, something weird that not a lot of other guys know how to do. And that that not only will help you differentiate yourself from other hunters on public land, but it'll also be just another thing in your toolbox. Because that gobbler at 11 o'clock opening morning was not coming to me until I started sounding like a, a male turkey over there with that hen. And as our friend Cy the Collie likes to say, they'd rather fight than breed. So he was he was coming over there to fight that gobbler and take that hen from him. So that that's just an example of a unique call that kind of put me ahead of the curve in that particular hunt. Even though it didn't work out, it just about worked out. And that's definitely something I'm going to be using in the future. All right, guys, and that was a great interview. Kind of hearing about, you know, how Andrew's opening weekend went. But with that all being said, let's turn it over to Jared Smith. All right, guys, and right now I have Jared Smith on the phone. Jared, how are you doing? I'm doing good, bud. How about you? I'm doing great, man. Appreciate you uh, making some time for us this evening so we could uh, kind of hear a little bit about your opening weekend, man. You had one heck of a week so so, so far. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. It's been a dream. Yeah, I was going to say... Uh, you know, we were all pretty excited. You know, we had you on for the uh, strut report earlier this week and, you know, got real excited about opening day and everyone we talked to was really excited about that. And I know you were too, and we, everyone kind of heard that in your voice. And I know you were kind of excited about that opening morning and really thought you had uh, something worked out. And how about you just tell us a little bit about how your opening morning went? Well, it was an easy hunt, man. I kind of knew where they were. I had seen them before. And uh, they were strutting, so I kind of went set up in that area. Um, carried me out a little shooting lane early in the morning. Called a few tree tree yelps, and uh, I heard wings flapping down. And they walked down a little fire break right to my left. Two hens. They came in uh, five yards in front of me, kind of looking for me. Well, it was chilly, you remember? So mm-hmm. I had a lot of steam coming up my mouth, and man, they just kept looking at me. And, well, they kind of just fed on. And about 20 yards behind them, here he came, big old paintbrush, and uh, shot him about 31 yards, peppered his head. Great hunt. He flopped right there. It was over. 7.15, opening morning. God is good. Well, second day. I'd heard a gobble the day before, so I kind of went back to that same area. Uh, sat there, sat there, probably mid-morning, about, I guess around 10, maybe a little earlier. I heard a gobble real far, about 300 yards away, and uh, I cut real hard. He gobbled again, about 100 yards away. I cut one more time with a different call. Uh, next thing I know, I heard spitting and drumming, man, 10 yards. But I was sitting in a little thick area, and I couldn't see to my left. And he was coming down that fire break, spitting and drumming, and I couldn't see him. And I made a mistake. I made a rookie mistake, man. Uh, turned my head a little bit to the left just so I could try to find an opening. I heard a putt. I never did see him. I just heard a putt behind me. Next thing I know, it's quiet. It's quiet for a long time. I 
gonna say the uh you know we talked a little earlier about that and you know that is a crazy hunt and how you also were able to target both these birds in very similar locations almost the exact same spots and i know another thing both these birds were on public land is that correct yes sir all right so that's kind of something that uh you know is interesting how you're able to locate these birds in the same spot and really be able to get in there on opening day and be able to get a bird right off the roost and then get back in there, you know, the following day and do something very similar. Um, now what is some of your, when it comes to, you know, hunting like that, you know, I know we talked a little bit about what your, you know, strong puts are and you know, what allows you to do that, but you know, tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your hunting tactics when it comes to turkey hunting. Cause I think that's, you know, something that's a little bit different from a lot of people. Well, I just, uh, do a lot of scouting. Uh, I'm passionate about it. I'm always thinking about it. So it's always on my mind. I always thinking ways to better myself, where they're at. But I do a lot of scouting, walk you know, ridges and stuff, and look for scratchings and droppings and feathers. Uh, look for tall trees where they roost. All the basics. Uh, look for your sign, you know. Uh, I, I go in unusual places looking for sign and find it sometimes. I'm like, dang, I never thought a turkey would be here. But they are. Uh, you just have to look for them and keep walking. Uh, that's basically all I've ever learned to do, made mistakes just like I did second day. You know, I shouldn't have turned my head, but I did just a tiny bit to look because I wanted to be ready and made a mistake. You just got to keep on growing and learning. Um, you know, I, I, look, I look for turkeys during deer season. I'm, I'm constantly looking for tracks. It don't matter if I'm squirrel hunting, I'm looking for turkey tracks. Uh, any kind of sign. Um, you just gotta, as far as the actual hunt, um, I like to sit there, man. I'll sit there for a long time. I won't move. <laughs> Sometimes you about pee on yourself because like this morning, I just did not want to move. I, I had a great hunt this morning, man. It was crazy. Um, I went in this place. It was a private land, though, but I'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, I went to a place, didn't see no sign walking in. I kind of went in daylight, just kind of looking because I didn't, I never hunted here. Um, I heard a wing about 8 o'clock, and I sat down right there, and I swear it was no sign walking in. Uh, heard that wing, I sat down. There was a little bitty uh, deer blind somebody had right there, a little cheap deer blind. I said, well, I'll sit in that. I ain't a big blind hunter, but I said, I'll sit in that. And, and I listened for a while and cut a few times and purred. Well, 10 yards behind me, I heard one just yelp real loud. She was looking for me. And she come out, and it was a big old hen. And here come another one, here come another one. And six hens, I called them in. They were all around me. It was great, man. You know, that's what turkey hunting's all about, just getting out there and finding new spots and adventuring out there and 
looking for anything. It's just heaven to me. Uh, public land's great in Alabama. I mean, there's a lot of land, a lot of miles you can walk, and uh, it's pretty much free. Get your hunting license and a permit, and you're good to go, you know. Uh, a lot of turkeys were blessed. Oh, yeah, and that's one thing that, you know, we like to relate with a lot of our listeners is, you know, you don't have to have, you know, thousands of dollars in a lease just to be able to, you know, harvest, you know, good deer and turkeys and all that. Because the public land that we have and that we are offered, you know, there's great opportunity. But, you know, talking a little bit more about your hunting tactics, I mean, that's one thing that I know that really stuck with me is your patience. I mean, you are beyond patient when it comes to turkey hunting. This is how you'll go out there and, like you said, you know, you're telling me that, you know, you take your chair with you, you set up, and you will sit there, you know, as long as it takes until you think there's not another chance for a bird to come through that area. You know, you'll sit on sign, almost kind of like a deer hunter's tactic, and, you know, call really lightly, call real softly, you know, every so often, and you just scratch the leaves, and you'll have birds coming to that. I mean, I find that really fascinating, and something that's different from what a lot of people do. Hey, I do it any kind of way I can. I've done it every tactic, you know, known to man. Uh, I just do what works, and sometimes I have to be aggressive and get after them. Sometimes I have to be patient, and it pays to do that. It just, every day's new. Everything's different. New land, new terrain, pressure, uh, you know, times of the season, whether turkeys are ready, they're mating, you know, just different stuff. You have to be different. You have to ad-lib. Um, like today I jumped in that blind it was hot, I hated it, I can't stand being a blind, but I jumped in there and it was perfect, because they come right behind me I didn't know what they were doing and there they were, you know uh, I'll do I do pretty much anything, I'm getting older now so it's relaxing to sit there for a long time but Yeah, I was going to say you seem very opportunistic when it comes to hunting you know, you'll pretty much hunt you know wherever you can when you find sign or whether or not you don't find sign and just try to sit down and, you know, make the best out of it. And I think that's a huge factor because a lot of guys, kind of like what you did this morning, you know, going out and hunting, you know, a lot of guys probably would have lost, you know, faith if they didn't see any sign and probably would have kept on walking or, you know, might have been, you know, yelping while they were walking and, you know, scared some hens by accidentally calling them to them. Um, so, I mean, that's something that, you know, kind of stands out because I'll say I am not the most patient person like at all. Uh, so I struggle with that, especially during turkey season. Cause one thing about deer hunting, if I'm up in a tree stand, you know, I'm less likely to get down and try to, you know, move to a different spot if I have to take that stand back down. But, you know, if I'm turkey hunting, I'm on the ground, I'm like, oh, you know what? Let's go look over that next ridge. Oh, let's go to that next ridge. Oh, let's go do this. Let's go do that. And a lot of times it comes back to bite me in the butt. Exactly, buddy. It will. They bust you more times than you bust them. Well, let's, let's get back to a little bit more about your opening season. So, kind of do a little recap so far. So, opening morning, you were able to get a, a really, really good bird. I mean, again, I didn't really see many pictures of his spurs, but his beard is unbelievably impressive. And then, second second day, you were able to get that next long beard. And what about your third day? Third day, I went to uh, some private land out in Maplesville. And... Uh, I busted him off the roost in the dark. I heard him fly off. It was a solo. I didn't know what it was. Uh, I sat. I went on about 100 yards past where I jumped him and sat down because I never hunted there and I didn't know what he was doing. Uh, I called. It was a, another easy hunt, man. I scratched the leaves. Called a few times. Hour, I don't know how really long. I didn't look at my watch, but he come on in and he was a... Uh, not strutting, his waddles was white, uh, busted his butt, um, great, a great turkey, he was a good turkey, about a four-year-old, and, uh, it's, uh, three great hunts, man. Yeah, I was gonna say, it sounds like it, I mean, first three days of season in Alabama, you have three birds on the ground, I mean, that's... <laughs> I know, man, that's <laughs> crazy, man, I'm still in shock right now, I'm wore out, uh, blessed and man it's crazy it's happened so fast you know and uh i guess i'm fixing to tag out or hope i tag out and i can maybe guide some folks or fish or something like that you know oh yeah i mean that yeah i I'd mean i'd love to do that yeah three in three days is crazy to me i that know man. Happen to me a lot <laughs> yep i mean season goes to let's see is it i think it's end of um 
April. Is that correct? Yep. All right. So Last yeah, yeah. You, may, you might want to spread them out a little bit so you can enjoy the season. <laughs> yeah. Well, I got friends, man. Mm-hmm. I got so many people ask me every day to take me turkey hunting. Please take me turkey hunting. Can you please put me on a bird? And I tell them I hunt public land mostly. Uh, I got a little club I'm in and got a few private spots, man. It's nothing big. You know, they they want to go with me. They're going to have to go to private land pretty much. Yeah. So there's a lot of hiking and stuff. But I have friends, they, they're asking me now to take them to their hunting clubs and stuff because they big deer hunters, but they don't know much about turkeys. Mm-hmm. So they asked me to go with them and call them in a bird. And I guess I'm going to do that probably Wednesday and Thursday this week. I might take a couple of vacation days and take a buddy of mine I went to school with. He called me a while ago. And we're going to go down there past Clanton somewhere. It's called Rockford, I think he said. Mm-hmm. little hunt club over there. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'd be good, especially if you can help him get on a bird. You know, the more experience you can learn, you know, the better off you'll be no matter how old you get. You can never stop learning. Once you stop learning, you know, that's not good. I mean, that's that's one thing I think that will actually help you a lot this season, even more than what you're doing. I mean, you're already having an awesome season, but if you can tag out and take some more guys hunting. Also, you know, if you can take some new guys hunting, you know, the more people you get in the turkey woods, the better off we'll be, as in, you know, just a hunting culture. Because, uh, I mean, turkey hunting is addicting. I mean, you take somebody this is a big deer hunter, take them turkey hunting, they have a little bit of success, they are going to have a blast. Uh, so, I mean, that, that'll be a great time. Now, what is the rest of your season looking like right now? I mean, I know you only have two tags left, but uh, yep. what's what's your some of your goals and how do you think you're gonna go about you know setting those and achieving those? Uh, I guess my goal today I wanted to get number four, <laughs> not to be greedy, but just kind of get it over with. You know, because uh, I was on a roll. I said, man, give me four, but I had the best hunt. So if I have hunts like today, the rest of the season, uh, I experience. More than, or more, more than a lot of folks in this world's ever going to get to, and it's just been a blessing. Uh, I'd like to get my two birds. I don't care, you know. Uh, take maybe take a friend to something like that. But I'm busy right now. I'm working all the time and got a lot of other stuff going on. But uh, we'll see. You know, I'll keep you updated. I know that. Yeah, that'd be good. And well, another thing, you know. When it comes to your actually hunting tactics, what are some of the calling sequences or what calls do you go to as in, you know, vocalizations and sounds uh, do you try to use while you're in the turkey woods? Because I know your your tactics are kind of, you know, more that quiet, subtle calling. You're not really doing anything too crazy uh, like some of the guys that are running gun where they're trying to be loud and vocal and try to, you know, find that, you know, loud two-year-old bird that's going to come at them but uh you know what are some of your calling techniques and uh, tactics for that just your basic purrs yelps cuts cackles i do them all um every day i kind of do it a little different so turkeys don't get used to you i always start off with a tree yelp pretty much um go from there check his temperature see how excited he is if he's excited man sometimes i don't get even a I don't get a response all day and break out old box call, hit it three or four times, and he'll gobble <laughs> midday. Um, sometimes you got to use your glass call, your your uh, all your different surfaces type calls. You know, um, I like to I like to uh, be soft and sweet, start off because you never know if one's close, and then kind of go from there. If it's windy, call a little louder, different different cuts and cackles uh, sometimes just sit out and don't call for six hours it's how pressured they are uh, I kind of go I go to places not on it hard or something like that you know you might can try different things but I kind of basically basically sit to the same room just soft and mellow purrs few yelps a lot of clucks you know scratch the leaves and uh, that's pretty much it, man. Well, okay. I did a gobble today. I, I did a, a gobble with a mouth call trying to get a response. I didn't, didn't nothing happen. <laughs> um, I'll do anything. I don't pretty much, I don't uh, owl hoot much or crow call much. I kind of let Mother Nature do it for me. Unless it's midday and I don't want him to know where I'm at and I want to see where he's at and I'll hit a crow call. You know, it's pretty much basic with every good turkey hunter in the states 
done for years. Just, um, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, you know, when it comes to hunting public land, you got to do something, you know, I think a little bit, I guess, more different than uh, what you might do on public land. And that's another thing I'd like to talk to you about is just on public land, you know, what is something that you do differently maybe on public land that you maybe won't do on private Pretty much basically what I just said. Everything I just said, that's about all I do. I just uh, slip in early mm-hmm. and uh, in the shadows and as quiet as I can. I like to pack light now. I, uh, if I pack a vest with a bunch of stuff, I'll tuck it in the bushes, you know. Uh, hope nobody finds my vest out there. But I'll tuck it in the bushes and bring me a little bottle of water, a few calls, and I like to pack light. I like to walk. And I don't want a bunch of banging and rattling, cut the cushion off my vest. I just can't stand a bunch of, you know, clacking sounds and stuff. And I just try to go in early in the morning and sit till dark or hunt till dark. And be as quiet and do all your basic hunting skills that your uncle and your dad taught you. Just uh, quiet. And thank God turkeys can't smell because <laughs> you sweat a lot. Um, it's, you know all your basic hunting skills but you gotta look for sign gotta keep going and go over that next ridge and look and see might be full of sign you don't see sign until you go over that ridge or you know what I mean Uh, oh yeah so pretty much gotta keep looking and another thing is you don't have to hear a gobble in the morning you just have to hear that wing you hear a wing you know I mean what's the chance there ain't a crow you know what it is if people hadn't heard it people at turkey hunt know that sound uh, or they wouldn't they wouldn't be listening to the show if they're not turkey hunters but maybe a new guy is or something but you hear that wing just a you better you better hunt that right there that can be the biggest gobbler of your life and it's happened to me many many times never say a word they come in quiet um, you don't even know they're there you know, think nothing no sign and all of a sudden there's a big old gobbler just sitting there looking He's going to come from a half a mile away or something. Uh, that hunt, uh, the second day of the season, man, the way he was gobbling, it was it was awesome to be back, you know, in the turkey seasons here, back into it. And he gobbled a good four, four or five times, and you could barely hear it. Uh, probably three, four hundred yards away, he was way out there, gobbled that first time, and I said, man, that's awesome. And I cut instantly hard. Because it was windy, it was midday. Uh, he was so far away. Uh, I cut hard. I yelped, cut again. He gobbled again. I left him alone. He, uh, he finally, he was looking for me, driving him crazy. Uh, I tell you, them calls I use now, that Appalachian Custom Calls and Spur Ridge Custom mm-hmm. Calls. Folks need to check them out because they bring them in 300 yards, and that call brought him right on in. It was awesome. Um, yeah, I was going to say, that's one thing that you're passionate about is definitely those two companies and how good they've been to you. I mean, you know, aren't they, are they going to help out with y'all's giveaway on y'all's Facebook page? Yes, sir. They, they spoke, both supposed to donate. Awesome. Now, that's another thing, guys. Uh, again, we kind of talked about this on the Strut Report, but again, uh, so Jared has a uh, Facebook page called Dixieland Gobbler 2. And it is an absolutely awesome page and growing extremely fast now. I think y'all are just now over almost 1,100 members, if I believe. Right. And, uh, I mean, it's growing so fast, and they're doing a lot of giveaways and everything. But, you know, it's focused on that southern turkey hunter. You know, those passionate guys coming together with a you know great group of knowledge that's just having a good time, uh, you know, celebrating and congratulating on everybody, you know, having a great season. Also a great place to kind of come together and, you know, see what's going on okay. in your neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. And uh, that's culture down here. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I love about you know southern turkey hunters. It's there's something something different about them. It's uh, guys in the south. It seems like they are very very passionate about their turkey hunting. You know other places in the country they'll turkey hunt and everything, but it doesn't seem like they're as passionate as a lot of guys in the south. Man, college football turkey hunting people love. You know, <laughs> um, it's just I love to hear about all the old legends, the old timers that just tore their butts up. It's um, it's just awesome. Some of the, you know, the professional turkey hunters that come from this state. It's, it's crazy. But it's just a passion that is passed on from grandfather to you know, sons to grandkids. And 
you either love it or you hate it. And uh, <laughs> I don't think I've ever hated it, but whew, sometimes it'll wear on your nerves, buddy. But man, what a what a uh, what a hobby, I guess you should say. You know, this just keeps you in shape, and keeps your wits. You're always thinking. Man, I love them turkeys. <laughs> I know. I'm so passionate about it, buddy. Yeah, I know. I keep on and on. I love them. That definitely is. You, a lot of guys can probably hear the passion, passion in your voice, and that's the one thing that you know I've definitely realized after talking to you. But for the strut report is, you know, you are extremely passionate when it comes to turkey hunting. And I mean, a lot of guys, I know a lot of guys are just, you know, they're big turkey hunters, and they say they're passionate, but they don't have the same. You know, I guess uh, passion that you know you can hear in their voice as you do. I mean, I remember the first time we talked and everything, and you just got unbelievably almost shook up when it came to like opening day and how excited you were. I mean, that is awesome. And that's one thing turkeys yeah. do to a lot of guys is, I mean, we'll get them like a kid in a candy shop. I mean, just having a blast. And I mean, it, they can make a grown man cry and they can make a, you know, also someone jump for joy. I mean, just depending on the situation and how it goes down. I mean, turkeys are something that, you know, definitely I think it's a great opportunity for a lot of new hunters to get out and go hunting is turkey hunting. I mean, if you can get a pop-up blind or something and, you know, take a, a young kid or Heck, you know, someone middle-aged that might have, might have not been turkey hunting before, you know, it's a great opportunity to take them, and, you know, it's really something that will get them addicted really quickly in the outdoors and just having fun. I couldn't have said it better myself, man. All right. Just give me chill bumps thinking about it. All right, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, hopefully I'm going to be able to get out sometime this year, but we will see, we will see. But with that note, Jared, I appreciate you coming on, man, and I look forward to hearing about, you know, how your next couple weeks go, and hopefully you can tag out relatively soon and start chasing some crappie and uh, taking some other guys hunting. Jacob, man, it's been a pleasure, buddy. All right, thank you, sir. All right, buddy. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast. This show was literally made for you. It is an excellent group of people that are going to be there. A lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there. You're going to get to talk to them, shake their hand, learn from them in person, make some connections. And guys, we get a lot of questions about uh, which saddle should I get? Which tree stand should I get? What about this piece of gear? What about that piece of gear? How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.